Welcome, Christian Israel Worldwide. Pastor Eli James along with Pastor Martins. Today is March 17th. The I, Oh, not the Ides of March. This is St. Patrick's Day. Wherever people may, might be celebrating that, they usually have a huge parade, and two in Chicago, actually. One on the southwest side where a lot of Irish people have settled, and one downtown, downtown Chicago, where the hoi polloi Irish live. But, uh, folks, uh, welcome to Voice of Christian Israel, and today we're going to be talking about who's running South Africa. Uh, welcome, Pastor Martins from South Africa. How are you today? Good evening, Pastor Eli, and also good evening to our listeners across the globe. Yes, I uh, I say this every Sunday or every program, tongue in the cheek, because there are so many people who have uh, abandoned the global earth or the the the, the uh, oh, right. yeah. uh, <laughs> and pers- pursuing the 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 decadent flat, flat earth. earth society um, right yes yeah. false, falsifications yeah that's a secret society that just came out of nowhere we'll we'll be talking exactly. about secret societies today in particular the roundtable groups so let me just read the first couple of paragraphs here uh, because i know you and i had talked at length about certain conspiratorial groups such as the freemasons and the uh Cape Dutch Afrikaners working together with the Rothschilds to stir up trouble for the Boer people. Now, t- now today we're going to uh, be shifting over to the roundtable group. So let me just read these introductory paragraphs here. Have you ever heard of the South African Institute of International Affairs? They have been running South Africa for nearly 100 years. During the first two-thirds of the 19th century, the interest of European states in overseas expansion reached its lowest ebb in several centuries. This period of relative disinterest did not last out the century. Suddenly and almost simultaneously between 1870 and 1900, the states of Europe began to extend their control over vast areas of the world. Historians generally agree that the late 19th century European expansion was one of the greatest events of world history, and I'm going to give you my theory on that after this paragraph. Conspicuously absent from the history books is mention of a small secret society of men who played a significant role in the sponsorship of the historical events. This secret society would conquer South Africa. They would use the money they had plundered and techniques and methods learned to grow into a worldwide organization that continues to shape world history to this day. Between 1910 and 1915, this secret society evolved into an international group of co-conspirators called the Roundtable Groups, set up in seven nations, Britain, South Africa, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, India, and the United States. The group in the United States is called the Council on Foreign Relations. Over to you. Pastor, yes. Um, uh, in, in fact, uh, what I'm about to say is that uh, not many people know about this, but uh, this was, uh, I think we have discussed on the lines of this on a number of occasions. Uh, I have discovered on the internet numerous, numerous, and I repeat numerous evidence that the Dutch East Indian Company was running, in fact, uh, opium. That was the main line, and they were controlling the the opium trade in Europe, and they uh, set up the Dutch East Indian Company for the purpose of consolidating the opium trade and uh, gaining control, full control, over the opium trade in, in Europe. So one of the first things that uh, one must uh, realize is that the Dutch East Indian Company that set up the Midway Station at the Cape, the Cape of Storms, the purpose was for their transit, in transit replenishment of these vessels that brought the opium from the Far East into Europe. But by the same token, the Dutch East, sorry, the Dutch West Indian Company, and I was always under the impression uh, in, in, um, 
books that I read that uh, relate, related some of the history was that the trade with the Mayans in South Americans, especially in the Amazon jungle, mm-hmm. with, the, with the trading of cigarettes and cigars and tobacco. Right. I, I was always under the impression that these were Spanish, but they weren't Spanish. These were under the masquerade of Spanish, well, many of them at least. And of course, when the, the Spanish-French war broke out, these people were evicted from Spain, mm-hmm. and, they, and they left Spain and Portugal from where they were evicted because they were seemed or they were deemed to be because of the way in which they were dealing with the French as well, they were seen to be spies for the French during the uh-huh. Spanish-French War. Okay. Now, one must remember, one must see it within the context that these these people were Kazarian Ashkenazis. Right. They, they were traders that initially traded overland and then with the Ottomans closing the overland route, of course, they searched for alternative peddling and mm-hmm. and, and de- dealing uh, uh, avenues. And that was why they, uh, when they heard that there was a trade route between Spain and the uh, West Indies and the Western world, they scurried or they hurried off to Portugal and to Spain and yeah. they tr- started trading from there but with the idea of controlling the tobacco trade yeah you know, and, and enslaving people to pick tobacco and of course right. enslaving people yes but the not not just uh, the the narcotic in, enslavement but they were also the major traders in the slave trade right Always one doesn't been. realize this but that is if if you go and do research on the on the history of of uh, the Dutch East Indian Company, you will find that they became slave traders as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the first thing they opium, the second thing they tobacco, and uh, when when uh, one considers this, you realize that this uh, these Kazarian Edomite race that mm-hmm. set up station in in the Cape. Uh, it, it was uh, a, a uh, how can I say it? It was already defining the preconditions for the events that have occurred ever since the sixth of April, sixteen fifty-two, emanating from South Africa. These uh, there's a book that I managed to stumble upon. A, the book which is written by an an Englishman who was born in the Free State, and he was raised in the Free State under his English parents. Okay. And he, and he wrote this book when he saw where this whole, uh, this whole thing was being taken to and the way in which the Cape Dutch had taken control of so many things and also the conspiracies yeah. that they had concocted with... All right. With 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 uh, um, secret societies. Okay, well, cer- certainly, he- certainly, the internationalist character of the Cape Dutch operation totally coincides with the Rothschild banking family and and the you know the um, the Dutch East India Company and the Dutch West India Company. You know, they all operate in the same way. You know, using slavery and uh, you know nar- narcotics and whatever goods that they can monopolize. Whatever exactly. goods they can monopolize to get the most value out of those goods. Back to you. And the interesting thing is that this uh, gentleman by the name of C.H. Thomas, he wrote a book called The Origin of the Anglo-Boer War Revealed, colon, uh-huh. The Great 19th Century Deception. Uh, okay. Sorry, The Great 19th Sense conspiracy. Okay. Excuse me, I want to. <laughs> okay. The great 19th century conspiracy written by an Englishman raised in uh, South correct. Africa. Okay. Well, raised in the Boer Republic of the Free State, Pastor. Okay, right. And, okay. And what he attempted to do, he wrote this book to reveal the 
the conspiracies and also the background uh, nuances that led to the uh, conditions or the preconditions that uh, he foresaw was going to end up in war and he wanted to prevent this, but the Transvaal uh, Volksraad, uh, as he stated, was already under the control or so inspired or so controlled uh, mm-hmm. by the Afrikaner bond. Right. Now, the Afrikaner, we, we've spoken about quite a number of yeah. occasions already. The Afrikaner it's, bond. It, it's a Cape Dutch organization, not a Boer organization, but it pur- purports to speak for the Boer people. Back to you. Yeah. Exactly. Now, during the the last few six, seven years, perhaps even longer than that, the Afrikaner bond managed to get an inroads into the Boer um, um, general uh, leadership, yeah. which included the president of the Orange Free State, President F.W. Reitz, okay. whom, of course, was a Freemason. Now, this was one of the things, the, uh, the evidence that I found is that the um, Boer leaders, the Boer generals and the Boer uh, people who were Freemasons, they, they ran virtually and, and they joined the Afrikaner bond because there was this rhetoric um, exclamation by some of the, or by the founder of the Afrikaner bond, that the British were coming to invade our land and they coming to steal our uh, minerals. That mm-hmm. was the last few years after the, the discovery of diamonds and especially after the discovery of gold. In the meantime, these same founders of the Afrikaner Bond had gone to America to hold public speeches because Britain refused to uh, invade and uh, to annex the Boer Republics. And it was the Britain kept on refusing to do so. So the Afrikaans, Cape Dutch, yes. Mm -hmm. These Cape Dutch then decided to go to America and they even held public speeches in auditoriums trying to gain support for their case for the American uh, government to Mm -hmm. now come and annex publics. Well, it's interesting that you should mention that because it's the Yale... Skull and Bone Society, which was run by people who were in cahoots with the uh, British uh, opium trade, okay? So the uh, Yale Skull and Bone Society was uh, actually sending ships, American ships, to India and China uh, to smuggle opium back to America and uh, deliver it to all points all around the world. A lot of people don't know that uh, American ships were involved in that, okay? Mm. And that's a, a secret society called Skull and Bones, which still exists at Yale, and uh, they place many of their people in as uh, you know a couple of presidents, like uh, yes. the Bushes, the Bushes, and uh, and others uh, were Skull and Bones mm. members. So uh, and John Kerry, who ran for president, Skull and Bones. So these people are just as evil as the Rothschilds. <laughs> Just as evil like as the Rothschilds. So also the Clintons. The, the Clintons Clint- were all, are also. Yeah, well, well, Clinton is the illeg- illegitimate son of one of the Rockefellers. I forget the, f- yeah. the first name. So let me continue here. The American and British branches of the of the secret society were formally established at a meeting held at the Hotel Majestic on 30 May 1919. The men who attended the meeting were British and American secret society members who were members of the British and American delegations to the Paris Peace Conference, which was run by globalist Jews. The whole thing was run by globalist Jews. The meeting resulted in the establishment of the Institute of International Affairs. The British branch became the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and the American branch became the Council on Foreign Relations. Branches... In other nations are usually called British, Canadian, New Zealand, Australian, South Africa, etc. Institutes of International Affairs or the Japanese, Chinese and Russian Institutes of Pacific Relations. The branches organize, branch organizations have headquarters and membership lists. So all of these organizations are very powerful and are all devoted to international trade. Which is what, of course, the uh, Dutch East Indian, Dutch West Indies Corporation, and of course the Rothschilds are all about. Membership is by invitation only. 
There are less than 3,000 members in any one nation and less than 60,000 members worldwide, which is still a pretty sizable group. Yet the members of the organization control between one-half and three-quarters of the world's industrial and financial assets. They occupy top positions in the various branches of government. They control the news agencies and television networks. They head the largest law firms, direct the largest private foundations, are presidents of the most prestigious universities, and hold top commands in the military. They determine the destiny of their nations and other nations throughout the world and obviously have determined the destiny of South Africa and the Boer people. Back to you. Yes, Pastor. And uh, the, the way in which the, the Boer history, and the, especially the history over the past um, three generations, had been concocted and uh, riddled with deceptions and lies by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, of course, to suit their agenda, hiding their true identity as Edomites, and then, of, all, of course, also hiding and uh, 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 hiding the identity of the Boers as Israelites. Mm -hmm. Now, um, on the on the of, of um, uh, page through the, uh, the the agenda or the. Um, um, well, the, the agenda and the uh, minutes of the uh, conference which was held in terms of the establishment of the Union of South Africa in 1908-1909, these conferences were held in Durban. Hmm. And paging through these conference notes, I realized that there were um, a number of representatives of each of the Boer republics of the Cape Colony and then also of the Natal Colony. Mm -hmm. Now, the sad thing is, as I could identify, is that the majority of the representatives of the Boer Republic of Transvaal and the Boer Republic of the Free State were not Boers, uh -huh. but were Cape Dutch. Wow. They were Cape Dutch and they were Freemasons. Uh-huh. And probably members of so, the roundtable group. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, well, they they became members of the roundtable group. Remember, the roundtable yeah. group was, was set up, I think, in 1917. Okay. And uh, the, 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 these uh, conferences. Now, what I can say is most probably the foundation work of the, uh, or the foundation laying of the roundtable, international roundtable was already done prior to the uh, conference on the unification of South Africa. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, there again, one can see the universalism. One of the things that I wanted to mention at this point, which is, has come to my attention and I was startled when I read it, is the number of times that it is actually noted that the representatives of the Boer republics were taken outside of the conference hall while there were speeches being held uh -huh. directly afterward, which, um, where when, where, during which um, there were voting scarce. So the Boer representatives were taken outside of the conference hall while speeches were being held, and directly after that there were certain votes to be cast in terms of um, the way in which the, the path should go forward. So the Boers were kept in the dark during the most critical times in terms of decisions being made. So when the, the, the um, voting took place, it was actually stated in a different manner than it was stated during these speeches. Now, if that is not a conspiracy in itself, day-by-day sure. day conspiracy against the Boers, um, one of the things is that um, the the record holders, the secretaries of this conference, were appointed by by people while while the Boers were taken outside of the conference hall. It's noted. It's stated there. Mm -hmm. It's not as clearly indicated as I'm now stating it. But right. if you're going to read, but if, if this is a very important thing, the secretaries that were appointed to keep the, the uh, uh, um, uh, minutes of the meeting and the various discussions went and held a secret conference mm. outside of the conference hall right. during which discuss discussions were held 
And it was decided that these secretaries need not make any information known <laughs> outside. So, right. So the minutes, who knows what's really in the minutes? Exactly. The so there was right. a conspiracy, a day-to-day -day conspiracy conspired against the Boer leaders, the Boer generals. Now, remember, more than half of the Boer, the representatives of the Boer republics were not Boers, but they were Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Oh, right. And, and even somebody by the name of Sir Percy Fitzpatrick. Does that ring a bell at all? He was uh, one of the representatives of the Transvaal um, uh, 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 delegates. Right. So, Doesn't so you sound like a Boer name to me. <laughs> Sir, Percy Sir Fitzpatrick. Percy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, mm -hmm. now, this is the, the type of conspiracy which or conspiracies which got transpired after right. this book was written, The Great Conspiracy of the 19th Century. Well, okay, uh, so the same thing happened at the Paris Peace Conference, you know, after World War One. Every single yeah. delegation from America, France, Britain, Germany, you name it, whatever country was involved, they had a Jewish advisor for every one of those nations, okay, and the Jews themselves, the Zionists, had their own separate delegation to the Paris Peace Conference, even though the Jews did not yet have a country. Exactly. That's how it works. So, so, Back to you. Yeah. So you can see how this this whole historical events that evolved or that uh, transpired way back from Jan van Riebeek's days, the 6th of mm. April, 1652. Yeah, it's an old it conspiracy. Was a, Right. It is a, a total conspiracy. Every bit of it is mm -hmm. a conspiracy and a conspiracy against the Israelites because these people were Edomites. As right. the Israelites okay. Yeah, go as ahead. As the Israelites as the Israelites escaped persecution in Europe and they arrived in the Cape of Good Hope. They they thought it was the Cape of Good Hope because the the Dutch East Indians or the Dutch East uh, or the the the, 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 um, the Cape Dutch, and the the Dutch referred to the Cape as the Cape of Storms. They that was something that they repeatedly mentioned. The Cape of Storms. Um, they were so glad when they saw Table Mountain and they could survive. The ships would survive two uh, two uh, threats on the sea. The one was from being pirated along the uh, west coast of Africa, and the second one is the storms that they met at the uh, from the 35th uh, um, latitude and the mm -hmm. 40th latitude during um, or the 35th latitude during winter and the 40th latitude during summer so there's um, th these two things uh, that that made the uh, the prominent name for the cape of storms but for the the uh, israelites who fled persecution in europe to them, it was the Cape of Good Hope. Right. And had it had it become a disappointment <laughs> because the same persecution that they experienced under the churches in Europe and the Islamites, we now experiencing or they've been experiencing under the Cape Dutch Afrikaners or the Cape Dutch initially. And when the Cape Dutch became the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, which they still hold, they still Cape Dutch mm -hmm. Afrikaners. Um, that that persecution is still there. The, the, you cannot imagine oh, yeah. the, the, the amount of persecution that uh, the Boers who have discovered or the rediscovered the, the Israel or the uh, Yishraelite identity, mm -hmm. uh, how they are being persecuted and slandered and how the, the, uh, the, the, the church's attempts of a personality assassination and identity right. assassination of these individuals. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, it, uh, actually, the conspiracy goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15, <laughs> you know, exactly. and was, as reinstituted when Esau hated his brother Jacob and has since cons been conspiring against us for all these thousands of years. It's literally exactly. thousands of years. years. Right. That's how old yeah. this conspiracy is. But our people, the true Israelites, have simply forgotten about this conspiracy, have forgotten about this hatred that Edom has for Israel. 
and consequently, mm. uh, consequently, our people are in the dark, except those of us who follow Christian identity. We're the yeah. only ones who have kept this wisdom alive, and the Jews hate us for it because they want they want our people to keep forgetting, right? Well, we won't well, let our people forget. Go ahead. In in my case, Pastor, it was a total discovery. Uh, uh, nearly five years, four and just over four and a half years ago, when uh, uh, you know about the event. Yeah, just uh, before I, like I arrived. Just, just before I exactly. arrived in South Africa, you had this. You were visited by an angel who explained all this to you, just before I arrived. Yeah, but, but uh, absolutely, yeah, Pastor. But I, um, prior to that, I had some hints to this by mm -hmm. somebody, and uh, by a friend, and. I'm honest with you, I didn't believe him. Oh, wow. Um, I, uh, shame, for shame, for shame. <laughs> but, but, but it yeah, was well, Most people don't believe it the first time they hear it. Yeah, go ahead. But it was only a fraction of what was revealed to me during that one and a half hours right. that I was prostrate on the, um, uh, on the floor. Mm -hmm. During winter, and it was like terracotta tile floor. So you can imagine, I yeah, it was cold. I, I would have lain there <laughs> shivering, right? Because of the the coldness. However, I wasn't. I was like yeah. I, I was being being held warm, um, and even though it felt as if a ten-ton truck was right, uh, settled down. <laughs> over me, right? And with yeah. a very soft foam foam mattress in between, but I couldn't even <laughs> lift my fingers. I tried. While I was speaking to this angel, I tried lifting my fingers to to yeah. establish, am I dreaming this or not? Am I, <laughs> right? this voice that I'm hearing, is it true did, or not? Did someone slip and, me a Mickey? <laughs> right? What was in that coffee I just had? Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's but, a fantastic uh, experience. Absolutely. I had a similar absolutely. experience, you know, when, uh, in 74, uh, 75, when, uh, you know, I prayed to God. I didn't know him as Yahweh yet. To give me a yes. sign, what what is it you want me to do? I'm tired of foundering in this world uh, of crazy of craziness, you know. And then uh, I yeah. had a mystical experience similar to yours, but I wasn't held down. I I heard a voice speak to me. It's uh, it's not for yet for you to know, but you will soon know. And know in the meantime that you are loved. So uh, this is a message I got in the spirit. And uh, yeah. that's, and then uh, about a year later, I discovered Christian identity. Yeah. So uh, you know, Yahweh uh, talks to us, and, and in your case, it, it was far more dramatic than in my case, but very interesting, right? Okay, let me. Uh, and, and the, okay, go ahead. Finish and, your and, thought. Um, further to this, past, it was on the fifteenth of April in the subsequent year. Now, that was just after your visit, um, mm -hmm. or uh, some three and a half months, four months after your visit. Okay. Um, we, we, uh, I took the family to a uh, lunch because of birthdays, and uh, so we had lunch in a restaurant in a, right in the center of Cape Town. Okay. And out of the blue, a man came, and he was standing right at our table, and he asked me with a French accent whether he could perhaps interrupt our meal. And I said to him, yes, you're welcome. And he said to me, he was standing in the queue waiting for his food. When he heard God speaking to him, that was his words, he said, okay. when he heard God speaking to him and said to him, to him that he should come and prophesy over me. <laughs> and okay. I, I, I put my knife and fork down and he yes. started prophesying <laughs> now. Yeah, and, real loud, huh? Okay. <laughs> and All right. you cannot believe it. There, there were many Muslims in the restaurant as well. We, in fact, we were surrounded mostly by Muslims. Interesting. And this gentleman prophesied in exactly the same lines, on exactly the same lines, and in exactly the same tone as was spoken to me by the angel during okay. this visitation. Okay. And the beauty of it is, and the beauty of it is, sorry, that's my uh, indication yeah. of um, impending uh, um, a radio uh, program that I was, okay. I need to set the time back on that alarm. <laughs> right, but right. Yeah. in any case, there was so much in about 10 to 15 minutes, this gentleman confirmed so many things which the angel had said to me, and I would I would want to say in in person, but also in Mm -hmm. uh, in the spirit. He, 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 in the spirit. No, no. 
audible, audible, Pastor. I could hear the angel speaking. I could hear the echo in the voice. Right. Um, in, from from the walls of the the office that I'm in my okay. home office. I see. But, but more than that, um, the the angel intimated certain information to me that I did not know about my own heritage and my own roots. I see. And here this gentleman confirmed that which the angel had intimated to me. So either he had read a, uh, a script of a story which somebody had played to me uh, uh, just mm -hmm. about a year before. Right. But, and, and my family bore witness to what this gentleman said. And right. after we had our meal, I went to his table and I asked him if I could interrupt him. He gave me permission to interrupt his meal and I asked him, where are you from? Because you're speaking with a French tongue. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, he had arrived in Cape Town that very morning. And that afternoon, he is departing from Cape Town to fly to a destination in the northern parts of Mozambique hmm. to go and do missionary work. I see. So, Pastor, that is... Right. I mean, it's so, not really uh, he, a coincidence. So he, he didn't know you from Adam. But, he didn't uh, know me from yeah, Adam. But, uh, Yahweh tapped him, but Yahweh tapped him to give this prophecy over you at your table. Very interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, well, see, this <laughs> highlights the difference between the Israelites and the Edomites, okay? And that Yahweh speaks to us, but not to them. <laughs> not to them, Right. And even in the present, of course, the Muslims probably wouldn't have had any idea what he was saying. Uh, you know, I don't, if, if any of the people in the restaurant you know, took notice of what he was saying to you, to, uh, were you aware of that at all? Pastor, I was so elevated in the spirit that I, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I was shaking. I, I battled oh. to even eat. But uh, right. the, okay. the, uh, um, the important thing that I also wanted to say about the whole event is, um, over and above that gentleman that uh, prophesied over me at the meal, um, similar occurrences also happened at various other instances where I have witnesses that confirmed which the uh, which was prophesied over my person, mm -hmm. and uh, this is absolutely tremendous. Now. Um, uh, the the uh, the other thing there was something else I wanted to mention about this as well. Um, I wanted to say that Father Yahweh does speak to the Edomites. He does. Oh yeah, he In tells fact, them what, written what's out. up. <laughs> right. He, he has he Re had books about he had them. One of right. His, mm -hmm. He had one of his prophets write the whole biblical book about him. Yeah. And Obadiah. he addressed it to them. Right. The book of Obadiah. <laughs> exactly. Right, yeah. You yeah. scoundrels, you scoundrels, this is what I'm going to do to you, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yes, in, in, okay. fact, in, in, in fact, I I named the book of Obadiah the epitaph of, right. the, of Edom. Edomite right, there you go. And the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. That's very good. That's very good. Okay, so, um, all right, now, I would assume that at your table was your wife and son and daughter. Was there any, were they, were they witnesses to this? They and, bore witness to this, Pastor. Okay. In fact, they were astounded by, um, in, in fact, Bernice, if you can recall. Yeah. Um, I, I, had, I had discussed some of what the angel had said to me with Bernice because I wanted her to know of some of the detail which, uh, related to the situation that we were, f we found ourselves in at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, when when this gentleman came and prophesied over me, of course he was repeating that which I had discussed with Bernice in, mm -hmm. okay. I would say, in confidence. Right, right. So it was yeah. an absolute uh, eye opener to her. In fact, a, a confirmation as to the the. Uh, uh, authenticity of this mm -hmm. visit by the angel. Right. Well, as I recall, you had shared this information with me uh, in, in front of your son and daughter, but Bernice had yes. not joined us yet. So apparently you had not shared it with her until this incident, okay, at the restaurant. All right, so very interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if, uh, if anybody's yeah. listening you know, and doesn't understand that we Israelites are the children of Yahweh, and the Edomites are the children of the devil. This, you know, this show should prove it to you. Back to you.
Pastor, in, in fact, uh, the very day that the angel visited me, I called Bernice um, at the office mm-hmm. and I told some of, her, some of that with her that evening when she arrived home, okay. I told her a lot more details. So she knew about it and when this man prophesied over me about nine, ten months later, mm-hmm. it was like a confirmation of exactly what I had right. um, discussed with or told her. Yeah. A about complete the stranger, of the angel. a complete stranger, yeah. uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, fantastic. Well, here, let's get uh, b- back to uh, the uh, roundtable groups here. John Dewey, the philosopher and educator, provides a good description of the type of men who belong to the Council of Foreign Relations, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and their branch organizations in other nations. Quote, Meantime, there are certain practical men who combine thought and habit and who are effectual. Their thought is about their own advantage, and their habits correspond. They dominate the actual situation. They encourage routine in others, and they also subsidize such thought and learning as are kept remote from affairs. Sounds like the protocols of the elders of Zion. This they call... Sounds like... Yeah. It sounds like it what? It sounds like Soros's open society. <laughs> there you go. There you see. This they call sustaining the standard of the ideal. Subjection they praise as team spirit, loyalty, devotion, obedience, industry, law, and order. But they temper respect for law, by which they mean the order of the existing status, on the part of others with most skillful and thoughtful manipulation of it in behalf of their own ends. In other words, they subtly encourage others to disobey national law in preference to international quote-unquote law. While they denounce as subversive anarchy signs of independent thought, of thinking for themselves on the part of others, lest such thought disturb the conditions by which they profit, they think quite literally for themselves, that is, of themselves. This is the eternal game of the practical men, hence it is only by accident that the separate and endowed thought of professional thinkers leaks out into action and affects custom. So, in other words, this is a typical secret society. They keep, they have their own language, their own, their own jargon, which they don't let out, and as we know, the... The, the Jews have their own jargon regarding the Bible, which uh, Judeo-Christians are not privy to and don't understand. But we have figured out their language and expose it. Okay? Exactly. And, okay? This small group of men unlawfully and knowingly combine, conspire, and agree to contribute to the establishment of one world order under the total direction and the control of members of their group. This is totalitarianism on a global scale, I would have to agree 100%. So, so Absolutely. Here we, yeah, so go ahead. Your comment at this point. Yes, Pastor, one of the, the uh, identification traits of these people is, number one, to uh, strip all, identif- or, so all identity of a group. In other words, they strip a group of the identity so that they can in- appoint their leader... Right. To that group. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes more globalistic and universalistic. Yeah. And that is one of the reasons why the Boers were stripped of the identity right from the outset, even by Jan van Riebeek, because they have a globalist uh, ideal and a globalist control idea ideal. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, that the traits that these people, uh, um, well, which they, uh, uh, they all have, is a desire to control everybody and everything other than, than themselves. Right. In other yeah. words, they don't want to be constrained, but they want to constrain every other person by yeah. virtue of laws. Yeah, and they act. They operate like mafiosos and warlords in accomplishing Absolutely. their ends. It's, it's totally evil. It doesn't get any more evil than this. Okay? He continues... Yeah. While many of the members of the organization make front-page news and are historical figures in their own time, the organization itself is conspicuously absent from the history books, such as the uh, Skull and Bone Society is absent from the history books, and the news. Even in the nations in which branch organizations are established, less than one person in 1,000 has ever heard of the group. This is no accident. Well, give us control of the press. That's what the Jews always do, okay? 
The group influences public opinion through well-planned and coordinated psychopolitical operations. They undermine people's confidence in their beliefs, their strength, their leaders, and themselves. The group paralyzes the will of a nation by spreading confusion, alternating excessive hope and excessive fear. This is right out of the protocols. And exploiting and adding fuel to every prejudice. The group destroys a people's belief in their nation, the traditional family, and God. I mean, if you don't see this happening in the world today, you're blind. The group creates false reality, worlds for people who, to live in, so people will not act in their own best interest, but to further the aims of the group. When you are living in a world where you cannot control your own actions, you are living in a state of controlled insanity. So, and this is what the... <laughs> The Paris Peace Conference did. They created the uh, balkanized state of Yugoslavia, yes. which was composed of four or five different uh, countries that were formerly independent before World War One, And then these uh, nations were forced under one single leadership until they finally broke up. As a result, I guess uh, the uh, under in the Clinton years, there was a, a really nasty war in Yugoslavia, and those countries, yes. a couple of which were Muslim. How do you how do you force Christian and Muslim nations together under one union? It's ridiculous. It doesn't yeah. work, and history proved that it doesn't work. Back to you, Pastor. But that is the means and the aims um, of totalitarianism. Uh, well, I'm uh, totalitarianism. <laughs> totalitarianism. It, 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 it's a that's it's the a one, one. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. And, and by using that, they actually strip the 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 uh, smaller groups of their own identity, and they enforcing the identity of the larger groups um, onto the smaller groups. Thereby also um, performing what is called. Uh, um, uh, uh, Cultural genocide. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to say is that uh, cultural genocide is something that the Boers have experienced ever since their arrival in the Cape in 1657, 1658. Cultural genocide because the Boers were stripped of their identity, their Israelite identity. They were forced into the Cape Dutch Afrikaners churches, exactly that which they had been um, uh, uh, um persecuted by in Europe and had uh, left Europe for to get away from churches is what they were subjected mm -hmm. to when they arrived in the Cape and that was one of the reasons why yeah. the Boers became track Boers. They, they wanted to get away from the Cape Dutch and then eventually they wanted to get away from the uh, from the British as well because the British were colonizing and the British were uh, uh, arming and that's the other thing I wanted to say. They have this obsession with disarmament mm -hmm. so that they can arm themselves and dictate and control yeah, and disarm everybody else world. right exactly yeah yeah and only they would be in control of any arms which is what the Rothschilds have accomplished uh, in fact you know because they control the American military they control the British military French military etc etc okay and uh, only only uh, Iran really is standing in the way. All the other so-called Muslim nations are really run by crypto Jews, who do not mm. practice who do not practice Islam at all. At least the leadership doesn't. Right? Yeah. They're, they're basically international arms dealers and oil dealers is what they are. They, they don't give a damn about yeah. Islam, right? But they yeah. use Islam to keep control of their people. That's all Islam is okay. used for, right? Okay. So continuing here. The group influences public opinion. Uh, uh, when you are living in a world where you cannot control your own actions, you are living in a state of controlled insanity. The group doesn't desire freedom or peace. They desire war, slavery, and control. The group was responsible for World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, and the unrest and constant warfare in the Middle East. By creating tension and hate between different groups of people, the secret society creates a state of perpetual warfare within nations and between nations all over the world. These exercises in mass murder are created to maximize profits of member-controlled medicine, munitions, media, energy, and food industries. So here I would say, although he's talking about the roundtable groups, you have to include the Freemasons 
On top of this pile are the the Rothschild Rockefeller corporations, their banking operations. Oppenheimer's. Yeah, and the Oppenheimer's, that that, that takes us back to South Africa, where the reach of the Rothschilds into South Africa and into the Boer Nations has been strongest since the discovery of gold and diamonds. And from that point forward, your people have not been able to get out from under the control of the Rothschilds. In, in fact, Pastor, the, um, the Boers are being kept away from their, uh, their wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are being mer- marginalized this, exactly the same way as they were marginalized already by Jan van der Riebeek way back in the Cape. After the takeover of the, the, the Boer republics by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners under Jan Smuts and uh, Louis Boerta, uh, the Boers were again marginalized. They were... Uh, dis, uh, uh, disowned from their farms and these farms were given to the Cape Dutch Afrikaners who were fighting on the British side against the Boers. Those traitors and those deceivers of the Boers were given the farms that belonged to the Boers and the Boers were, were uh, uh, set out on the street and became the laborers uh, for the Cape Dutch Afrikaners building of the roads and building of ra- the railway lines and building of bridges and building of dams. So the Boers were being marginalized, in fact, to the point where they were uh, destitute. They were left without any income. And they became the rock breakers of the uh, Cape Dutch Afrikaner Union um, uh, government. Mm -hmm. But the important thing is, uh, one of the things whereby which they um, continued to rob the Boers of their identity and their belief system was by uh, the, the Boers, for their survival, they had to find work. And the only way that they could find work was to be taken up in the Union, the, the Cape Dutch Afrikaner Union governments, road building processes, land building businesses, etc. And, of course, the mines. Right. But they could only apply for these works or these jobs if they had a... Uh, letter of, of uh, 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 certification of from the local Dutch Reformed minister. So mm-hmm. the Boers were again forced into the Roman, or, or these, <laughs> right. I, I prefer to call it these Roman uh, reformist churches. Right. And they were forced into these churches because the only way in which they could obtain this Work. letter of reference by yeah. the, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners Church yeah. Duomeni was if they became members of their church. So the Boers were again <laughs> right. um, uh, uh, social injustice like you cannot believe. Unbelievable. And, right. a, and, and, and a cultural genocide of the Boers like you cannot believe. And no wonder only about 3% of the Boers today in South Africa, only about 3% of the Boers know that they are Boers. Mm-hmm. They think that they are Afrikaners because of the Cape Dutch Afrikaner yeah. mass media and the uh, church. brainwashing. And the Cape Dutch churches they belong to, you know, by force. They were forced into those churches and don't really. So you couldn't even get a job at the rock pile (laughs) without without a letter of certification from the the Dormany. That is. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. All right. Well, let me. I want to get into Chatham House rule here with about 10 minutes left. The psychopolitical operations are covert. They are planned and executed to conceal the identity of and permit plausible denial by the sponsor. They differ from clandestine operations in that emphasis is placed on concealment of identity of sponsor rather than on concealment of the operation. Well, they hold all of these terrorist operations, you know, like Muslim bus drivers uh, dr- driving over a bunch of innocent Frenchmen and, Brit- and Britishers, right? This happens all the time. Exactly. Right? But it's one of their operations, but they blame it on a Muslim, right? The group operates under the Chatham House rule. The Chatham House rule is published on the Royal Institute of International Affairs website, and it goes like this. When a meeting or part thereof is held under the Chatham House rule, participants are free to use the information received, but neither the identity nor the affiliation of the speakers nor that of any other participant may be revealed, nor may it be mentioned that the information was received at a meeting of the Institute. In 1992, the application of the rule was clarified and its wording strengthened as follows. Meetings of the Institute may be held on the record or under the Chatham House rule. 
In the latter case, in accordance with the Chatham House tradition, it may be agreed with the speakers that it would be conducive to free discussion that giving, given a meeting or part thereof should be strictly private and thus held under the Chatham House rule. So in other words, you could do, use the Chatham House rule or not as you wish. Today, the rule is used by organizations and gatherings throughout the world. So the secrecy of these meetings proves that it's a secret society. Exactly. Okay. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> right? The fact that they have this rule at all is proof that it's a secret society. And that these mm. are the people, as the author is telling us, that have been in control of the destiny not only of the Boer people, but people around the world through their various branch organizations. This is the Illuminati. This is the Illuminati exactly. all over again. Back to you. Yes. And Pastor... Um, uh, you, you, uh, you, you read in in this article that uh, they were behind the first uh, world war, and the second world war, etc., and yeah. uh, Vietnam War, etc. But, but it was already instigated by these Edomite Cape Dutch or these Edomite Jews, right. of which the Cape Dutch were a part of. Mm -hmm. That was that instigated and that conspired against the Boers. Right. And once they once they took control of the Boers' wealth, the the uh, uh, diamond fields and the gold fields, of course, that what followed that was the masses and the large uh, reservoirs or the large um, uh, 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 reserves of South African uh, anthracite and iron. We mm -hmm. have mountains that are being being uh, torn away today. That are the whole mountain is iron. Yeah. And also copper, and also uh, platinum. Mm. Platinum, which is a very uh, yeah. uh, expensive ma material. Okay. And then now, also chromium. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the ANC is actually being used as the, uh, let's call it the middleman, for lack of a better expression, of r stealing these resources from the Boer people, from out from underneath them, uh, uh, being, but, being sold uh, for cheap on the international market. I, I have likened the uh, the present government of South Africa as, as a Muppet show under the control of the <laughs> right. the Cape Dutch Afrikaner Freemasons right. controlling them from the background. That is why the the yeah. um, all the black organisations that were uh, either jailed or the the leaders of these organisations uh, where these um, mm. organisations were banned and their leaders jailed or they were in in, yeah. in uh, or disgraced, uh, 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 disgraced publicly. Yeah, but they 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 were across the globe in 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 a, a type of a um, mm -hmm. um, uh, um, faraway operation, string pullers, They're pulling strings, and the and the uh, black regime is the puppets dancing to the strings of the Freemasons. N no, yeah. these these uh, leaders who weren't jailed, they were being. Uh, um, they that, were being trained abroad in Russia at, right? at that time, and they yeah. were. Uh, Mandela, but, but they were to be specific. Uh, yeah. But, but the the only reason why these people were released from prison was after that they had become Freemasons. So right. the 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 right. outgoing Cape Dutch Afrikaner government handing over power willingly to this front organization called the ANC, these Muppet mm -hmm. organization called the ANC. Right. But they are still being controlled. And my, I have reason to believe that mm -hmm. the, 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 the blacks have now learned that they, their position of power, which is even though they controlled from the background, they, they know that they are, they have, uh, and unless the the Dutch Afrikaners, right? Unless the Cape Dutch Afrikaners play along with the ANC now, they will be revealed, and that is why they can do as they like. And uh, South Africa's president has become a multi-billionaire in right. a matter of years through, and and the way in which he deals and wheels, right. and how uh, uh, the state capture has taken place. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, and he gets uh, away with it. Right. Well, la last week we talked, uh, one commentator said that uh, South Africa has been running to the ground in only 20 years, since 1994. <laughs> it has been, uh, yeah. the society has utterly collapsed. I mean, this cannot go on much longer. I see the ANC 
disappearing altogether. And you said last week there might not even be an election. ANC would not want to have an election held because they're probably going to lose. So you will have anarchy. Yeah, absolute anarchy. In in fact, uh, we're sitting with a situation currently where uh, what is regarded or which is called the um, level four or stage four uh, power uh, um, power outages. Right. Uh, Yesterday, we had two power outages in total of six hours. And Mm. this has been cycled through the country. So what happens to the power? Nobody knows. Right. Um, But South Africa is. South Africa is buying power from Mozambique's Kahura Bassa Dam. Well, that's amazing. Giving, we, so we're buying power. The whole project was built on South African uh, taxpayers' capital. Right. Now that, but it's and, given and to Mozambique. Now we have to get the electricity to back from Mozambique <laughs> because ANC so, can't run a country. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, but in the process, they... they uh, I, I think somebody mentioned, well, it, it was calculated that just in the past few years, South Africa's taxpayers have been outdone um, by uh, an absolute ridiculous amount. I think it's something like 200 billion, 218 billion rand, if I can remember, recall mm-hmm. the correct uh, amount. amount yeah. just, just Soweto, the, the, the black township. South of, uh, southwest of Johannesburg, mm-hmm. hence the name Southwestern Townships, right. Soweto, which is a black uh, township. Right. J- just the Soweto's outstanding electricity or the uh, uh, the electricity char- charges, which they owe ESCOM, the state-run electricity supply commission, is something like 80 billion rand. Mm-hmm. Now, wow. th- the way in which ESCOM now recoups that money is by raising the price for the electricity from those people that do pay for the electricity. So you can see that there's a total, that's the way the ANC buys uh, um, electoral votes. Right. Um, In fact, there's there's, uh, even adverts flying around that uh, people voting for the EFF, that's uh, Julius Malema, Mm -hmm. people voting for him will be given free Driver's permit. Oh, boy. Given free driver's licenses. Right? Yeah. Just like in California. <laughs> they give free driver's licenses to illegal aliens, right? In yeah, return for voting for the Democratic Party. Yeah, the corruption yeah. is worldwide, and it's run by the same uh, pile of Jews and their Freemasonic cohorts all over the world. It's, it's Exactly. It's Mystery Babylon, folks. The Bible is absolutely correct. That the world before, just before the second coming, would be run by these evil empire people, Mystery Babylon. Yeah. All right, that, that's exactly. what's going on. And I mean, you, you can't get a more. I mean, this this article describes exactly how they operate and the corruption of which they are guilty, especially in South Africa. Yes. All right. Well, okay, uh, we're just about out of time, so we'll have to pick up this article next week. And then if uh, if you can get in touch with uh, what's the lady's name? Riet. Riet. Riet and, and, uh, Pretorius. Riet Pretorius. Maybe she can join us next Sunday. Okay. Excellent. Thank All you right. very much, Paul. All right, and, Pastor Mark. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, great show today. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, stay tuned to EFR. Tell everybody you know about us so that we can continue expanding our reach to more and more people who need to hear the truth. Praise Yahweh. Amen. Amen. Bye-bye. Praise your way. Keep well, Pastor.